Hello there. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this here program, I want to start this hour with a phone call, uh, and then I got to jump to some other stuff before I get back to phone calls, but don't want to keep Wyatt waiting on this issue. Wyatt, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you doing? Great. What's going on? So I, I have a question. Of course, I'm a, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, um, and I'm vehemently opposed to boots on the ground in Ukraine. Okay. Uh, however, my sort of issue would be the left has been blaming Russia and wanting to declare war on Russia almost vehemently since 2016, about the time when I enlisted. Um, now that we know that, or have known for a while, that the Ukrainians are willing to take foreign volunteers, how come we aren't seeing a mass exodus at basically their their strike towards Russia? I mean, if they're so vehemently opposed to the Russians, why aren't they leaving? Um, and... You know, I, I you know, as, as a young American, I don't have any of the Cold War uh, hostilities that you know my my parents or grandparents. Are do. you calling me um, old? I mean, I I was a kid during that time. <laughs> yeah, the Russians are always the bad guys, Wyatt. <laughs> but you know, you raise a point there. I mean, the, the left in 2016 was absolutely con- well first of all we we actually got to back up because in 2012 remember they assailed Mitt Romney for calling Russia the chief threat to the United States and Barack Obama said hold the Cold War call they want their foreign policy back and I was like oh you get him Barack you get him uh, and then four years later they're like oh my god the Russians stole the election and, and got Donald Trump elected I mean there's there's this massive disconnect on the left towards Russia. Uh, and then in 2020, they were all about Russia, and suddenly the Russians are, are invading Ukraine, and you've got, first of all, the Democratic Socialists saying, no, no, Putin's the good guy. Uh, but then you've got the left saying, go get him, go get him. But none of them actually want to volunteer and go over there. They want guys like you to have to go over there and, and fight for them. You know, I, I personally, I find this balance possible in my head. It's possible to say the Russians are the bad guys for invading, but we don't need to go to Ukraine ourselves to push them out and start World War III. It's it's possible to have those two thoughts in your head. It's oh it yes, sir. Point, though about the the left and their their hatred for Russia. Yes, sir. I mean, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, uh, even even under Trump, uh, we were preparing to go to uh, Syria. My my unit was at this time, and you know, my biggest thing was of absolutely, I'll serve my country. You can send me wherever you want to go, but there were no Americans involved. And as far as I'm concerned, we should take uh, basically a, a French stance, just like the French did for us with uh, the UK uh, during our civil war. They told the UK not to get involved. And just let them kind of kind of fight it out to a degree. Now, of course, if they want to sell them weapons, that's 100 percent fine, well and good. But, you know, and I've always been a big proponent just myself. If I'm willing to, to, you know, call for war to send my brothers and sisters to go dive in a foreign land for whatever freedom there is, then I myself, whether I'd be a politician or the president of the United States, I would be willing to send my only begotten son to go fight for these people's freedom. But that's not what these communist uh, warmongers want to do, unfortunately. I mean, they, they are willing to send men like me and, and American children to go fight for their property. All right, so why I, I got to ask, how old are you? 
Uh, I'm actually going to be turning 26 in June, sir. Uh, okay, so I can have a beer with you. Okay, so so you're old enough. So, <laughs> so I, I just you, you mentioned the French. You, you know, uh, t- saying that we should have a a position like the French probably cost half the audience to pass out. That a Marine would suggest we have a position <laughs> like the French. Now, for historic reference, for those of you who do not realize, uh, Wyatt is referencing the French during our Civil War in the 1800s when they actually still had like men in France who knew how to kill people. Uh, as opposed to now, the only thing they can kill is foie gras. Um, so, yes, uh, that, that's well said. Listen, uh, I, it, it is very possible to to go uh, to send weapons to Ukraine, defensive weapons, not offensive weapons, uh, and it, to have them def- help them defend themselves without us having to put a single person there. Now, if somebody wants to go volunteer, you know, 20,000 American and British um, members of the military have gone to Ukraine to help them fight. Uh, a number of American special operators and British special forces are in Ukraine right now helping them. In fact, there's a story out of the wires uh, that um, it was American and British special operators who helped retake that uh, suburb of Kiev. They came up with the plan and retook it. So there are people over there volunteering, but I really don't see a lot of the people on the left who are like, we got to, the, the Russians are bad. We got to do something about Russia. I don't see them going over there. Um, so yeah, listen, uh, well said in, in that. Thank you for the phone call. And it, it's, I, I just, I don't understand why it's so binary for so many people that you can, uh, you if you support Ukraine, you must be willing to start World War III or it's all Russia. You know, if Patsy's still listening, you know, let me give you the members of NATO, and this is this is important. Albania, Belgium, Bulgaria, Canada, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Denmark, Estonia, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Italy, Latvia, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Montenegro, Netherlands, North Macedonia, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, Turkey, United Kingdom, and United States. Now, in that list, Albania, Bulgaria, Croatia, Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Montenegro, North Macedonia, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, they were all behind the Iron Curtain. Some of them were part of the Soviet Union. Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia were part of the Soviet Union. They were not Eastern Bloc countries. They were part of the Soviet Union. They are all now members of NATO. The idea that Vladimir Putin is invading Ukraine to stop it from joining NATO because it would mean NATO weapons directly on its border. You know, we got NATO, we got NATO uh, nuclear missiles in Turkey pointed at Russia, which abuts former Soviet republics that are now territories under the control of Russia. We got uh, we've got weapons and systems in Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania that abut Russia. I mean, we've got weapons in northern Turkey that abut Georgia. Uh, Georgia is has been taken over by the Russians. This idea that Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine to stop him from joining NATO, it wasn't in the cards. There was nothing on the table. 
It had been offered and rejected years ago. It was not under consideration. Uh, it is spin by Vladimir Putin. Same thing with we're going to denazify uh, Ukraine. You know, denazification for the Russians means something different than it means to you and me. Denazification to you and me means getting rid of actual Nazis. Denazification for the Russians means getting rid of people who oppose Russia. They use the word differently there. So when Vladimir Putin says he's going to denazify Ukraine, he means he's going to get out of Ukraine and kill all the people who are opposed to Russia, not people who are actual Nazis. Now, Ukraine has problems. It does. And in Mariupol, there uh, down on the, the, the coast where the Russians are trying to completely take it over, the Azov Brigade is a neo-Nazi brigade that is fighting for Ukraine, and they are terrible, ruthless people. They have been subject to PR, uh, to a disinformation campaign. The Russians are refusing to allow Ukrainians to leave Mariupol. The Russians have circulated video of an Azov Brigade member, and again, the Azov Brigade is a neo-Nazi group that is allied with Ukraine. They're terrible people. And uh, the Russians are circulating video claiming it's the Azov Brigade that is denying people the ability to leave Mariupol. That's not true. Uh, Reuters actually is the, the news organization that got the video of the Russians refusing to allow people to leave. And the Reuters people had to be smuggled out of the city because when they came out and said, no, this isn't Azov Brigade, this is the Russians doing this, the Russians tried to kill the reporters. These are unsavory people. So when you hear people say, well, had NATO not tried to expand, this would not have happened. NATO's already expanded. NATO's expanded to former parts of the Soviet Union. NATO has expanded behind the Eastern Curtain to Poland, Romania, uh, Slovakia, Slovenia, parts of, of the former Yugoslavia. It's already expanded. You're saying, well, if NATO hadn't expanded, this would happen. NATO expanded in the 1990s, and this is 2022, and it's just happening. You're falling for an excuse. And oftentimes people fall for excuses because they don't want to have to grapple with reality. Now, I'm going to go on and take a commercial break here because i got to switch gears. But it's the same theme. People who want to be deluded because they refuse to acknowledge reality. And we got to discuss that closer to home on an issue that I'm tired of talking about, but it's so much in the news and there's so much propaganda about it from the press. We've got to discuss it. When is a woman? A woman. Y'all, just as a total random aside, just completely random. I, I should, maybe I shouldn't even go. You know how you listen to radio commercial or TV these days, depending on the network. And it's all the, the, the ED treatments and the men, do you have low T and, and, and the like, can can I just get someone to come out and, and do an ad for, Hey, this is your, your miracle cure men for stopping your nose hair and ear hair from growing out of control. Good Lord. I'm like, I, 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 I promise I, I had this stuff trimmed up the other day. It's like, it all grows back. <laughs> Gosh. I'm sorry, TMI. I realize, but come on. Instead of instead of the, the 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 erectile dysfunction pills and the like, and the standard radio ads, can I just get something for like the ear hair? <laughs> okay, I gotta move on. Um, when is a woman a woman? I am not a woman. 
but I, I feel I get to comment on this because everyone in the media is commenting on this. This is our NBC News. This is the actual headline. Leah Thomas and the long tradition of gender policing female athletes. Here's the subtitle. For as long as women have excelled at sports in the modern era, their gender and sexuality have faced fierce scrutiny, historians say. Now, all of these are categories of women who actually had female reproductive organs. Vastly different, I dare say, than the man who refuses to remove his male reproductive organs and yet wishes to identify as a woman. And yet, uh, NBC News wants to blur the line there. It, it, that's not the only article. Here's the other one from NBC. Leah Thomas's NCAA championship performance gives women's sports a crucial opportunity. Anyone who cares about the advancement of sports, and women's sports in particular, should celebrate her win. Now, this is the most bizarre. You would think if you if you cared about women's sports, you would be opposed to allowing men into the sport. There's something different about someone going through puberty and engaging in a decade-long uh, injection of hormone suppressants and chemical castration, whatever you want, to get rid of all the testosterone. Leah Thomas was a 20-year-old failed male athlete who decided to change his name, take a year of hormone suppressants, and then compete as a woman. He is now 22 years old, grew up a man, still has his male reproductive organs, and is competing as a woman, and beat an Olympian beat an Olympian and then flubbed the next two swim meets after the outrage. And I think I'm in the camp that, that says maybe, maybe he decided he needed to go slow because of all the outrage to go that fast. And then suddenly to be so slow is, is seems pretty anomalous to me. This is starting to get really absurd. Let me read you this. This is from the New York times last month, Lauren Ho a first-time author, received good news from an editor at her publishing house. Her essay collection, Leaving Isn't the Hardest Thing, published last year, was set to be nominated for a Lambda Literary Award in the category of lesbian memoir. Yeah, there's such a thing. The nomination seemed a capstone to a remarkable debut, which won critical acclaim and spent two weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. The book, described by its publisher as interrogating, quote, our notions of ecstasy, queerness, and what it means to live freely, drew heavily on Ho's life experiences, including as a lesbian in the Air Force during the Don't Ask, Don't Tell era. A reviewer for NPR likened her skill at portraiture to that of one of those cartoonists who can sketch out four lines and suddenly you see your face in them. But Ho said in an interview Monday that an editor had recently informed her that her nomination had been pulled following a social media dust-up in which Ho had defended, at times heatedly, a forthcoming novel by the author Sandra Newman, a friend of hers. The novel The Men is set to be published in June, describes a scenario in which all people with a Y chromosome mysteriously disappear from the face of the earth. 
Ho, who said she read The Men, wrote on Substack she had told the critics to read the book before condemning it. Lambda Literary, which for 30 years has administered the Lammies, confirmed that Ho has been removed from contention for the award for defending a book critics say is transphobic. Um, so you have NBC News trying to tell us that the definition of a woman is amorphous. You have uh, Lambda Literary saying that a an award-winning, highly praised book by a lesbian about being a lesbian and what it's like to navigate the world as a lesbian, particularly one of the military, cannot be given an award because it defended a book by another lesbian writing about transgender issues that's perceived as being transphobic. I mean, you can never, the revolution is never complete. The revolutionaries turn on the revolutionaries. It's a Robespierre moment. We, we, are, we are living through a cultural revolution moment in the United States. We, we are living through um, that period during the French Revolution where they're taking everybody's heads. It's just uh, the reign of terror. Uh, that, that's kind of what we're in. ESPN is doing a sympathetic story. Here's the headline. Young transgender athletes caught in the middle of states' debates. And they profile Becky Pepper Jackson who is 11, who is transgender. She wants to race in West Virginia. And the West Virginia government has said no, that boys have to be on boys' teams. And they're trying to say how, how awful and discriminatory it is. I, I'm sorry, I got questions about the parents in these situations. And, and I know you're not supposed to, and it's impolite, and, and you get accused of hate. But when you've got an a 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old who claims to be of the opposite sex, and you humor them and give them um, hormone suppressants and the like, or or you allow them to, it, it, where, where does truth come into this? And I'm not talking about your truth and my truth. I'm not a postmodernist. There is objective truth. And objective truth has always been with limited intersex uh, categories of, of uh, genetic mutation. If you have male body parts, you're a boy. If you have female body parts, you're a girl. Only in the 21st century in America, really in the last five years, you're supposedly a terrible person for saying this. Puts all of biology uh, upside down from what we know, and you've got the national press running sympathetic portrayals of this stuff instead of recognizing it's kind of crazy. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be a part of the program, I should get to the Supreme Court hearings for Katanja Brown Jackson. To be honest with you, there's there's not a lot of interest. Uh, I don't have a lot of interest in these this nomination hearing. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson is going to be on the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm somewhat opposed. Actually, I'm not somewhat opposed. I'm really, really opposed to the people who take the position that uh, she's qualified, so we should give her a pass. The president picked her. No, 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 no. The United States Senate has a role to play. It's not to rubber stamp the president. Oh, well, qualified. Let's put them on. No. 
you actually have um you actually have to engage the issue and if a majority of them don't want her they don't have to put her on uh what is so interesting to me though is that uh it's very much like the transgender issue and and i i need to i I need to wrap all of this stuff together in the 1960s 50s and 60s, there was a real moment in this country where the country wasn't just divided. The losers of the Civil War decided to reassert some level of authority and treat black Americans as separate and claim they were equal and they did not treat them as anything but. If you go to Macon, Georgia, I was on city council in Macon, Georgia. It's always been a fascinating um, example to me of, of uh, transplants. If you go to Macon, Georgia, in downtown Macon, they're having their Cherry Blossom Festival right now. Uh, Macon, Georgia, believe it or not, everybody focuses on Washington, D.C. Macon, Georgia has more cherry blossom trees than anywhere on the planet. Not making that up. Uh, over 300,000 cherry trees, uh, three for every person who lives in that county. My house may be the only one that doesn't have a cherry tree in the front yard. Everybody has cherry trees. And it's gorgeous. It, it really looks like snow when the petals start falling. It's gorgeous. And you go to downtown Macon. Uh, they're having the, the big cherry blossom festival this week. Anybody who wants to drive to Macon, Georgia, go on down there. You can get um, you can get cherry ice cream and, and see pink poodles, and it, uh, they go all out. But at the, the end of Cherry Street in downtown Macon is Terminal Station. It's the railroad depot. And inside, if you want to go into the water, drink for the water fountain, you will see the signs, whites only, colored bathroom, whites only bathroom. You'll see them all. You will see the segregated water fountains, and you will see the segregated bathrooms. You will see the segregated seating for where black people can sit, and you will see the segregated seating for where the white people can sit. And you will notice the whites-only water fountain and the whites-only bathroom and the whites-only seating a whole lot better. So much for separate but equal, they were absolutely not equal. Now, the city of Macon, when I was on city council, we kept that stuff. And it was the, the white people who had moved to Macon who wanted to get rid of it all. It was the black families of the city and the black members of our city council who insisted that it be left so everyone could see it. Everyone could see it existed. Everyone could understand in separate but equal, it wasn't equal. And it's still there. And, you know, ironically, as an upside now, if you want to do a movie about the United States from the 1950s or 60s, Macon's probably the best place in America to shoot a movie because you've got the real uh, segregated bathrooms and the real segregated water fountains and the real segregated seating areas. There was a time in this country where we really had civil rights issues, major fundamental philosophical civil rights issues, and people who were not white were treated terribly. And reporters of their day got involved. And reporters of their day highlighted the violence and the disparities and the awfulness of the situation. Young reporters who are in their 20s and 30s now did not grow up in that era. 
But they saw that generation. They saw the Woodward and Bernsteins bring down a presidency. They saw the reporters beaten in Selma trying to cover accurately and honesty, honestly what happened there. And they want to be a part of it, and so they got to come up with something of their own. And so what they do is, is the transgender fight. It's, it's the civil rights issue of our time, and you're a bigot if you think otherwise. And so you got a lot of reporters who have fallen into this, and, and, and they've bought into it. They, have, they are consumed with the idea of a moral righteousness for their side. They don't care about women's rights. Women have equality in this country. Women got the right to vote. Now we need men to be women, and only then will we be fully equal when men can become women. That's the civil rights issue of the day. But you're also seeing this with the Katanji Brown-Jackson hearing. It's monumental. It's historic. Pay no attention to Janice Rogers Brown who the Democrats filibustered her nomination because they did not want the first female black justice of the Supreme Court to be a conservative. They had to scuttle her nomination. Or Miguel Estrada, who was Hispanic, they had to scuttle his nomination. They filibustered him for a year and a half. They blocked Miguel Estrada's nomination because they did not want the first Hispanic member of the Supreme Court to be appointed by a Republican. They had to block both block both those nominations, the black woman and the Hispanic man, because they didn't want Republicans taking credit. And now you have this moment where the Democrats are just gobsmacked with history and the press is all in on it too. The thigh, the, the thigh tingles, the spine tingles, and the like. They got to they, they gotta play their role. They've got to advance this nomination. Now, Kutanji Brown-Jackson, she, she was a federal judge. She's on the Court of Appeals. By those standards, of course, she can be on the Supreme Court. She's going to be on the Supreme Court. But we should note how the media and the Democrats have responded when Republicans have tried to put black or Hispanic people on the courts. We should note, we should note their hostility to conservative women and men on the Supreme Court. We, you should note, take Amy Coney Barrett, for example. She is the only member of the Supreme Court who didn't go to the Ivy League. And the level of, of abusive treatment of her that, well, she can't be smart if she didn't go to the Ivy League. She's a full-time mom. How could she be on the court? She's going to be distracted by her kids. And now they're all excited about Katanji Brown-Jackson being a mother. It's fundamentally hypocritical how they advance it. And there's something else as well in the way they advance it. That is dark money. Dun, dun, dun. So what is dark money? Shadowy interest groups, they call them. Uh, it is uh, Democrat and Republican interest groups who use money from donors that is not disclosed. So we don't know who the donors actually are. We don't know uh, where the money came from. And we don't know their real agenda. And they advance a cause for one side or the other. Now... On the Republican side, you know, Sheldon Whitehouse, the uh, Democratic senator who belongs to a bunch of all-white country clubs in Rhode Island, loves to talk about, uh, it's dark money, it's dark money, it's, it's Republican dark money. The Democrats have a dark money group as well. It's called Demand Justice. And Demand Justice, we should note, advanced Katanji Brown-Jackson's nomination. Demand Justice is the organization that leaked Stephen Breyer was planning on retiring. 
They're the ones who started that up. Demand justice played a key role in preparing Judge Jackson for her confirmation hearing. They actually not only put Judge Jackson on a list of who they wanted as a Supreme Court nominee, they actually wound up attacking other people who were qualified so that they could steer the nomination in her direction. Demand justice was originally backed by a dark money behemoth called Arabella Advisors. Arabella's network housed demand justice and spent $1.2 billion in 2020 to support Joe Biden's nomination. Uh, The group has announced it's going to spend a million dollars on Judge Jackson uh, as an ad campaign. They've launched a six-figure ad campaign already targeting Democratic and Republican senators about her. They're pushing out polling that shows a majority of Americans support her. A majority of Americans don't even know who the woman is. They have no idea. You go out and you ask your average American, do you know who Kadanji Brown Jackson is? Then they'll say, is is that one of the new Marvel superheroes? No. Joe Biden's nominee to the Supreme Court? Nobody knows. Nobody has an idea. I mean, the poll questions are, do you favor Judge Jackson being the first black female on the United States Supreme Court, considering she's highly qualified and was a federal appellate court judge? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, sure. I mean, that's basically what the poll question is. Nobody has any idea who this woman is. And so you've got dark money groups on the left advancing her nomination. Why? Why her? Is it because she defended Guantanamo Bay prisoners who were terrorists? She should not be attacked on that as a public defender, but it's notable she left the public defender's office and went to a private sector law firm that made waves by pushing its lawyers to defend the terrorists. She'll have to defend that. Is it because Katanji Brown-Jackson, when she was on the U.S. Sentencing Commission, Uh, did not want to um, be harsh on people who collected child porn unless they turned out also to have uh, issues related to pedophilia beyond looking at uh, naked little kids. We had this weird, weird uh, Jeffrey Tubin explanation on CNN about this stuff. Man, the guy is creepy. Uh, And his explanation and his defense of Katanji Brown-Jackson on this point, my goodness. Kate, can I just add... Can I just add one point about these these, these kitty porn cases? And, and this this came up, I remember, when I was an assistant U.S. attorney back in the 90s, is that when those, uh, when those uh, sentencing guidelines were written for those cases, th- this was a time when uh, the people who committed these crimes would order individual photos and, 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 get, and then get them usually through email, um, and then uh, they would be sentenced based on the number of photos they possessed. This was all pre-internet. So uh, once the internet came in and, and people got um, access to hundreds and then thousands of photos, they would, the, the sentencing guidelines would reflect hundreds and then thousands of photos. Federal judges have been struggling with the issue of how do you create a fair system that was designed pre-internet that was, yet you have to sentence people post-internet. And what I thought Chairman Durbin pointed out is that judges across the country, including Republican-appointed judges, have been saying, look, we can't apply the rules um, uh, that that were designed pre-internet 
for an internet society and many judges have been giving somewhat less sentences as a result okay wait, wait, wait. this is this is the defense well because you used to only be able to get 10 pictures but now you can get 10,000 we shouldn't punish the person with 10,000 pictures uh, more harshly than the person with 10 pictures because the 10 pictures had to come through email and the 10,000 this is really the defense this is Jeffrey Tubin Tuggin Tubin's defense against uh, punishing child porn purveyors. This is Judge Katanji Brown Jackson's defense as well. That in the internet, it's so easy to get child porn. We shouldn't be throwing the book at people who have 10,000 pictures of naked kids. I will remind you in Georgia, the world's most prolific collector of child porn had over 27,000 pictures and videos of children being raped and tortured was let out of prison after six years, roams the streets of Atlanta now. And the judiciary sentenced him to a 1,000 years in prison, but the Georgia Board of Pardon Paroles let him out after six years. Could have gone to Katanji Brown-Jackson, maybe just gotten a year in prison. I mean, this, this is something she needs to answer for. Why is it that a Democrat dark money group, and the Democrats deny they have dark money groups, why is it they pushed for her so hard to the point that they were sabotaging other black female liberal judges to ensure it was her? What's in her record that makes them like her so much? You should probably be concerned by that. You should also be concerned if you're traveling and your rental car or your hotel room stinks to high heaven. They got smoky odors or pet odors or something. You know, you can eliminate those with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. And right now you get three of them for less than $200. In fact, you're saving $200 and you get free shipping. You get three of these things and they're great. They're a little bigger than your hand. You plug them directly into the wall. They pack a wallop. I use them in the kitchen because we don't have an exhaust fit in our kitchen anymore. And if I'm frying, I want to get rid of the fry odors. I plug in the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and away the odors go. Uh, they don't mask it. They eliminate it. Get three of these by going to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. You will see the discount code uh, box and you put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You can get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms, uh, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your RV or your car. You can plug them in with a USB cord. Uh, they work great. Go to uh, EdenPureDeals.com. Use my discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia, but they can help you nationwide. Wherever you are, if you want your business to grow, reach out to First Liberty. Tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you or you for them. All you got to do is go to their website, firstlibertyga.com. Get their contact info. Spend some time with them. A lot of banks are telling businesses no these days for big loans. First Liberty wants to help you get to yes, firstlibertyga.com. You know, I, I'm 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 sitting here lo looking at all these headlines of people, and and you know, whenever you talk about the transgender issue now, if you're a conservative, why are you obsessed with it? Why are you obsessed? I don't think we're the ones obsessed. Look at all the headlines out there. We're we're just defending the truth here. Uh, another truth that must be defended out there because the left says they're creating a Latino firewall. We may have to spend some time on this tomorrow. Uh, the Politico says that out in Arizona and Nevada, the Democrats are spending $650,000 already on the defense of their candidates on Spanish language television and radio. They're trying to build a firewall because they're in absolute panic about Hispanic voters. Uh, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has polled and surveyed uh, Hispanic Texans. 
It's a pretty detailed survey, uh, high numbers of people surveyed, and guess what? Turns out Hispanic voters, at least in Texas, favor school choice and strong border defenses. They support shutting down the border, which you don't have to know a whole lot about the Hispanic vote to know that that's the case. Uh, Hispanic voters are more likely than any other in the country to want strong border security. Now, why? It's important because in large part, they recognize that um, they came here legally and their families came here legally. And so you should have to come here legally as well. They want a secure border. And they want school choice because Hispanic voters who are culturally conservative understand just how much indoctrination is going on in American schools right now. They've given up on teaching and they want to indoctrinate people. And this is go- this is why the Democrats are in a panic in Arizona and Nevada. For years and years and years and years, they have said demography was destiny. And now it doesn't appear that that's the case, except means Republicans are about to become a major party again in this country in terms of majority vote share because Hispanic voters and a lot of younger black men are voting Republican as the Democrats become the party of rich white Karens. People do not want to be in the same party as as woke Karen who's abusing you in the grocery store because your mask isn't on your nose or, or you're not wearing a mask at all. People do not want to be in that party. That's what the Democratic Party's become. Nobody wants to be with Karen. So Hispanic voters are trending rapidly to the GOP, which is why the Democrats are already spending almost a million dollars in Arizona and Nevada to try to boost support of of Hispanic voters. That may suggest they're doomed. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building? You want to build a building? Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.